Hey guys, welcome to season four, episode two of the Strong Dad Army podcast. Um, thank you so much for last week. You know, I got some really good responses. Um, I'm really enjoyed putting it back out there again. So glad that I did. And I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. So thank you for your feedback. Thank you for obviously listening, subscribing, downloading, all that good shit. Um, you know, because we got a few questions through, me and Sai from last week's episode, we decided we're going to do an Instagram live chat in the very, very near future. So we'll probably be arranging that in, in the coming days. So make sure you're following us both so you can uh, catch that. And, you know, if you want to send any questions through in the meantime, we can make sure we get to your questions on the uh, on the live chat. Um, but without further ado, this week's episode, we've got another online coach today. Um, completely different perspective, if you like, um, as in, you know, he's... You know, he, he lives in Ireland, so it's you know it's just nice to speak to someone who isn't necessarily living and working in England. Um, you know, he's got a young young family, very young family. So you know, again, coming at it from maybe like a slightly different angle. And um, this guy runs his uh, his own little private studio as well as being an online coach. So this week's guest is Dean Kelly of uh, Lean with Dean. You can check him out on social media, but he will give you all the info of where you can catch him at the end of the episode. So enjoy, guys. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And most importantly, wherever you're listening to it, if you can leave us a five-star written review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is, wherever you can review it and leave us a good, nice bit of feedback, it just helps get the um, you know the, the episodes and, and the podcast just higher up the rankings, that's all. And it's just nice to get more people listening and um Anything you ever want to request for future episodes, like guests, questions, anything, you can message me on any of my social media channels. Just find me at Coach Dan Ogden on Instagram and Facebook, even Twitter. And you can also email me on info at coachdanogden.co.uk. So without further ado, here's this week's episode with Dean Kelly. Enjoy, guys. Hey guys, welcome to this next episode of the Strong Dad Army podcast. And this week, my guest is none other than Dean Kelly of Lean with Dean. Dean, how are you, mate? All good in the home, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you're very welcome, pal. Thank you for uh, for giving up your time, mate. I know you're a busy guy. So, um, yeah, so obviously, you know, the guys and girls listening will uh, hopefully get to know you a bit shortly. But um, as I always do with all my guests, mate, I like to get a bit of, uh, you know, inside scoop, if you like, on... What things were like for you as a kid? Um, yeah. Obviously, as everyone will be able to hear, you're, you're Irish. And uh, <laughs> so we'd love to know what uh, life in Ireland was like as a young kid for you, mate. So tell us whatever you like. Yeah, just kind of, well, I'm, well 31 years of age, like, so 89 grew to the 90s, the, gold, the golden age, in my opinion, like when cartoons are cartoons and you could watch <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and not be uh, kind of accused of toxic masculinity or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, nah, good good times, uh, great childhood, uh, sport all the way through, playing football, playing um, mainly football all the way through. Yeah. I uh, didn't, really, didn't really play many other sports until I kind of went into like 19, 18, 20 uh, when I left school and then just kind of found the gym at the age of, I think it was 14, my first ever gym uh, time lifting weights. And I think like everyone kind of gets that, that typical kind of present from Argos, not a, the stack like kind of five two one or seven five two and a half or whatever it may be and um, so i got that when i was about 14 or 15 and then just kind of went from there mate and we, now growing up in ireland was pretty sick nice i think we just mentioned about the argos thing i think i'm pretty sure i bought one of the uh when i was a kid 
it was like a thing that you pressed in. Do you remember it? It had bands that you yeah, needed. Yeah. I, I only seen it the other day. It was like for your chest, wasn't it? Yeah, supposedly, yeah. but they called it like the full body workout, and it wasn't a full fucking. Did your, body did your mom have um? Did your mom have the the, the sit up rolly cage? Uh, do you know what, mate? No, but I did. I bought one with my. <laughs> I remember buying one of those with my paper round money when I was probably about 13, 14, something like that, and I used it religiously every day. Yeah. Every day, yeah. Oh, the, the a, stuff, a man, they used to sell back in the day and get away yeah. with it was, it was hilarious. Crazy, I know. But <laughs> ho- hopefully it's not it's not going to give me any uh, back issues later in life. <laughs> I know, sure, sure look, at, look at your job. That's the one that will give you back issues, not that. <laughs> <laughs> so you see, you found the gym around sort of like 14. Was it just, was that just by chance or with mates going or was it because of the football you know your advice to go to the gym what, what was it that, to, I think, that I think it was because um, like I grew up as a skinny kid like there's a, I have a photograph buried in my phone somewhere playing football and um, it was like after a match like kind of whatever and like I mean my football shorts were like this I, I go face on with the camera my football shorts like this and like my legs were in the middle like it was just like straight and then I was like I had no legs I had no muscle mass I mean it was an absolute rake um, so the whole idea was to kind of go ahead and put on a bit of muscle and kind of get a little bigger. And then I did everything wrong, like in the early yeah. stage of kind of trying. Like I used to drink these shakes. I thought if you wanted to put on weight, you had to consume like six thousand calories per day, which was wrong, completely wrong. Like I, I mean, I was having these shakes, mate. Right, standard protein shake. Where I mean, I had two hundred grams of oats in it. I had a banana, I had peanut butter, I had milk, like full fat milk, the works, and protein powder as well. Each shake I calculated was in and around a thousand twelve hundred calories. Oof. I was having that on top of my food, and it was just like it was. I was just I literally did the shotgun approach, as I'm sure you probably be familiar with yourself, like kind of than your clients. It's like just yeah. do everything and see what happens. Like just yeah. throw as much shit at the wall and see what sticks. And uh, the gym kind of like lifting weights kind of found me as well because of uh, just PE, like physical education, like in school. And we had it as a module for like eight to ten weeks. And uh, Mr. Kevlin, I think he's still alive, but I'm going to say, God rest his soul, soul. It makes it sound a little bit better. And um, he basically brought us upstairs. I kind of done the whole gym workout with us like, for eight, eight weeks, once a week, and just loved it. And then it just kind of just kind of stuck with me from there, mate. Nice. A similar sort of thing for me, really. I mean, it wasn't, uh, wasn't anything to do with, like, PE at school. We didn't do any, like, gym kind of stuff. It was all just football, rugby, cricket trampoline and maybe you know if you did something a bit different basketball but they never we never did any gym work but it was more a couple of guys I used to play rugby with they used to go to this spit and sawdust gym in our town I went along a couple of times and then enjoyed it but never really took it up I, me personally I think I only took up um weightlifting as um you know like a regular hobby or a regular thing might have only been about 10 years ago it's not all that long to be honest quite relatively knew if you like really you know yeah. i didn't do it as a kid despite being so physical you know with rugby and yeah because you take the boxes like in another regard like. yeah maybe that's it yeah so i was always active as a kid yeah myself but yeah so um so as, as the, the guys and girls listen may, may know may not know but um you are self-employed you run a gym is that right mate that's but, the one buddy we've uh, yeah. just just turned off all notifications and um, right, mate. but you're also an online um, coach so, which is yeah. kind of where we came into yeah, contact. Yeah, I own a gym, mate. A gym in Dublin 15. And uh, not Dublin 15, excuse me, just uh, down the road of Mead, like, and it's a great, great spot. Love it. Uh, I've owned the gym for the last kind of seven, eight years. I think seven years, seven years or eight years, one or the other. And trying, like, er- everyone, 
like from like 18 to kind of like our oldest member at the minute is like she's 60 68 years of age I think she's a bit nice. of a legend and um, but a nice range and it, it's gas in the industry like kind of you go through these phases of like of who you kind of tend to appeal to and when I first came into the industry I assumed that I had to act a certain way be a certain way yeah. and I only attracted a certain type of client and since I've like kind of aged and become more like kind of educated and everything else and my values towards training have just have changed a little bit I'm starting to attract a different type of client so at the start it was more superficial just to look great might not necessarily feel great but just to look good for an Instagram photograph or like a holiday to Ibiza with the lads or Marbella with the girls whatever it may be it was that at the start but there was no kind of longevity with that it's like someone who literally joins you for six weeks and then forgets you about forgets about you as quick as to get a number off a bloke so mm -hmm. that's who I try and at the start but now I'm fine that especially since I've become a parent I'm training people who want a bit of longevity want to be coached not trained yeah. coached and it's the, I've definitely seen like a massive contrast between who I appeal to now yeah so is your um is your place uh sort of open to whoever is it just private for pt sessions and private bookings kind of thing yeah that kind that's of place. it mate. like so we're not we're not the likes of we're not like a, a pure gym that you just have over in the uk like where you, like you can just rock in like we yeah. have a timetable which you book in for either whether it's a like a condition classes with the the heart rate monitors so you either book in mm -hmm. for one of them or you're doing like a small group pt stuff so mm -hmm. that's the, there are your two options and if there's if there's no booking then there's no sessions Nice. So, so we get the um, yeah, so the, the, the thing that that's now making me think about is uh, the lockdown that we had over here. I mean, what was it like for you guys? You know, I'm talking about like the sort of March, April, May kind yeah. of period. How, how was that for you guys? And no doubt you did survive it because, you know, the place <laughs> is still running now. But what, what was that period like for you yeah, from so a business standpoint? We, we closed just before just before kind of everyone was advised or sorry, told to lockdown or told to close. We um we took it upon ourselves just to shut up shop, um just for the safety of our members because it was starting to kind of get, um become a little bit more rampant around Ireland. So we said screw it, let's just kind of shut up shop, and just went went over, went home, uh, done everything from online, and it wasn't until the announcement was made, I think on the Friday, so we shut up shop on the Tuesday, announcement was made on the Friday, and we were closed for March, April, May, end of June, mm -hmm. end of June I think we came back. Um, and then in that period, time period, I actually moved premises. So I was trying to move from my existing premises for a while anyways. And it just so happened that the timing worked out perfectly. Um, so I, I left one, moved to the new. So I was building and changing and chopping and stuff. And I, oh, it, was, it was carnage. But mm -hmm. in hindsight, it was the best decision I've made because since we've moved, we've moved to like a smaller unit, which allows us to kind of deliver a better, better kind of coaching. And it just, it, it, it fits the... It fits the amenities and the kind of the area a lot a lot more than where we are currently like. Mm -hmm. Nice. So how are things at the moment? Are you guys still shut now? Are you allowed to continue anything over, over in, nah, in Ireland? In Ireland, like kind of we've kind of to take we're pretty much neck and neck with yourselves. That it's, it's almost like the UK and Ireland are probably uh, competing as to who can uh, lock it down even even uh, even more. But you've got you yeah. guys seem to be winning with the whole three meter distance thing that's uh, being uh, whispered about. I believe so, yeah. mate. Yeah, I've heard I've heard these kind of things. I try and not follow the news too much if I can help it. I mean, I know we kind of have to, but yeah. um, no, I'm the don't same. I, yeah. I get an update every evening. It's like how many deaths, how many cases, how many in ICU, 
And like, right, Grant, yeah. it's either gotten better, or gotten worse. It is what it is. I can't affect it. Just have to stay at home. Do do what do what do what we have done. That's it, mate. Yeah, that's it. So, um, the online coaching you do then is that something that um you had to pick up during that lockdown period, or is it something you were already sort of nailing at, at that time anyway? It's a yes and no. So, I always knew about it, but I kind of neglected it to be honest with you. Um, and I had I had the systems and all that kind of put up in place whether it was like kind of the onboarding system uh, how I deliver coaching online and um, email marketing all that stuff was all kind of already done-ish but mm-hmm. lockdown pretty much said you either have to do this now or you need to go ahead and get a van and do deliveries for Amazon mm-hmm. because if you don't adapt to the current climate you're not going to survive so the fact that I did have some experience with online coaching and just kind of was fairly tech savvy um, I could go ahead and transition fairly smoothly. Now, did we retain all of our clients from the like the physical offline business? No, because some people it's it's kind of it's still in the infancy over here in our online coaching and getting it across to people. So we did lose some, but as the lockdowns kind of progressed and restrictions kind of began to not be rescinded, we um, more people have kind of either come back or we've actually generated new clients and new customers. Um, as a result and that's been a, a phenomenal kind of thing but I do think the fact that I did have some experience with online platforms and email marketing and just just kind of talking to people like a zoom call or like a FaceTime that definitely did help us uh, transition a little bit more smoothly. Nice so I take it did you manage to sort of continue coaching your your in-person clients with zoom type sessions was it or was it yeah, so we, like with most people, I think we became a, a, a Zoom addict and just kind of yeah. pushed everyone onto Zoom and like, right, we're going to do these workouts, do our best we can. Loaned, it, loaned out so much equipment from the gym and mm-hmm. thousands of euro work here, just gave it out and just to kind of, just to keep, so basically if anyone got got equipment, they almost felt obliged to kind of keep their uh, their membership kind of running. So it kept us in a few bit. Yeah. But um, I think this lockdown, I've actually scaled it back. So I'm still doing the Zoom sessions, but not to the yeah. extent as what it was. Because people are sick of being on screens all day. Like, especially oh, a lot of yeah. our clients are, mate, a lot of our clients are not the fibers. So they're working at home kind of on a screen like this. And then the last thing they want to do is hang around for another 40 minutes <laughs> and do a Zoom workout with myself. So that's yeah. where I think the, like, using the app that I use and kind of deli- giving uh, programs out via the app, they look at it, do the workout, check they're doing it right, and then it's done. Yeah. It's very similar to, same thing to myself. The, uh, going down the route of the app it's it definitely helps having all that stuff in the one, one place, place i think don't it yeah yeah time. yeah so we're uh, so moving on a little bit then mate um i know you mentioned since becoming a parent a few minutes back um so you're a dad to a really little one oh it was uh, a wee six month older six month yeah, so six months yesterday yeah so yeah so born just after lockdown ended the initial one <laughs> just sort of just as so just as kind of pubs and restaurants and gyms were reopening, he was born. Yeah. Right. And then um, just as, and like we haven't got, unfortunately got a chance to kind of christen him yet because churches and all that crack are all kind of shut down over here. Yeah, like, so it's yeah, a bit of a pain. But it's, um, yeah, it's just just as uh, as normality was kind of kicking back in, like, and he was like kind of two, three, four months old and then mm. bang, everything gets taken away again. We're like, oh, for God's sake. Oh, nightmare. So how, how do you... Um... How are you finding that then balancing the business with family life with obviously having the little ones? I don't know what, what I like, you know, sleepless nights, all that kind of stuff. What's I 
as hard as it is, I'm going to say it's not that bad. And it's mainly because herself is just an absolute rock star. Like my wife is like, she, she's a nurse and she just has this like amazing capacity to care and to kind of like be completely um, selfless. So she's kind of ahead. And yes, I do know she's going to listen to this. So we're, we're definitely kind of squeezing a few of these. Like, and uh, <laughs> in the good books. <laughs> and good books on. So she's kind of uh, like, she's unbelievable with him. And she understands that, right, I have work to do. You go do that thing. You go take care of that. I'll look yeah. after I'll Come back into us like on a, in, in between sessions, in between calls, in between emails. But then after a certain time in the evening, like it's no screens. It's sitting down, the two of us and him, uh, watching TV, chilling out, going up to bed early, just lying in bed and kind of chilling. So it's it's as hard as it is. It's not as hard as I'm, I say most people have had it. Just because she's been an absolute like war horse, like she's a Trojan. Yeah, nice. Makes a big difference, doesn't it? Oh mate, massive like <laughs> like the, every, behind every good man is a stronger woman. Like absolutely, hundred percent, mate. So um, so what? I, I mean, I know you're saying that you you know it's it's not been as difficult as you necessarily thought it would be. Particularly, you know, a big part of that is down to your wife. But um, is there anything you can think of in particular you might have struggled that you have struggled with, whether it's being a dad or as a you know providing for your family in a way or whether it was just the stress of potentially losing your business during all, all this chaos, you know, what yeah. is there anything you can think of that you have struggled with and, and maybe how you got through that? Yeah. I think it's the whole, um, kind of as a dad, like we were, we were speaking offline like last week about, um, how like, it's a feeling like, like you can never, you feel like you're not doing enough. Mm. Like you have this con- constant kind Definitely. of, um, I'm not going to call it like anxiety, but like you have this constant feeling of, am I doing enough? Am I making enough? Am I, playing with him enough am i showing him enough of the the right things that are going to stimulate him enough to kind of grow is like you just you question a lot of it i think it's i think it's a lot of just questioning like am i doing the right thing am i doing enough of the right thing i think that's a i think that's but i do think that's something that a lot of parents especially first-time parents um struggle with on the on the the first bible and then as you have like a second and a third you start to like not going to say care a little bit less but you're just a little (laughs) bit less kind of high strung about yeah no i do agree mate and i'll and i'll be honest after four myself that's <laughs> ne- never uh, no, <laughs> in that feeling mate i'm telling you never goes away you know not yeah. if you're not if you're a, a half decent parent in my opinion anyway it's uh true because you know but i mean i was fortunate enough to grow up with a you know parents who were very present and and um you know, uh, despite the fact that they, they did break up when I was in my teens, you know, they were hands-on, you know, mum did plenty, dad did plenty, and, you know, yeah. so it's, you know, I've had a, a good example to follow, shall we say. Yeah, you've got you've got great examples of just, like, being present there, like, and it's, it's and mm. as of myself, like, and I've got a fantastic example from uh, my mum and dad that I can mm. carry on, and as to, as to us myself, like, kind of, she has a fantastic example of how, her mum and dad kind of went about things like so it definitely you do like does environment kind of does tend to dictate success with that kind of thing i reckon like so mm-hmm. when you do have someone good to kind of look at and say jesus that's what they did um and i turned out okay if i do half as good a job or the same job I, like the little man should hopefully uh turn out a half decent skin fingers crossed man <laughs> fingers crossed so um you know, I mean, this is kind of thing we've we've, we've spoken about already, like. But um, what from a fitness standpoint, what kind of if you're like me, 
you've probably gone through, I'm probably confident if I'm guessing this, I, I'm pretty sure I'll be right, is that you've never been married to one particular style of training, shall we say. You've probably tried a bit of everything because you, you know, I mean, I'm going from my personal experience and other people that I know, but it's like I got into the whole coaching or PT type of thing, doing boot camp type sessions. Then eventually I was like, I can't stand doing this. Too many people, I felt it was getting too dangerous. This, that, and the other. So then I started to go down the one-to-one route and, you know, different training styles and everything like that. Is it similar for you, mate? Or has everything, have you just completely followed the one line since you started? No, uh, same boat, mate, same boat. Um, and to be honest with you, even with my own kind of own training um, that I kind of put on, put into myself, I've never really, I don't think I've actually ever followed like a full plan, 12 weeks, like start to finish. Mm. Um, and it's something that I'm actually looking forward to this year to actually going ahead and following a plan A to B, 12 mm. weeks. Now, once the gyms are reopened, um, in Ireland, I'm joining. I'm joining the mates gym, just because he has access to like old school bodybuilding bodybuilding kit. So right. I'm gonna go ahead and balance a almost like a hybrid bodybuilding slash functional athlete. So I'm gonna do the functional stuff in my spot, where I have access to kind of rowers, skis, bikes, and that, um, and then like barbells. Whereas in his place, it's it's leg extensions, it's chest presses, it's like a bodybuilder's paradise. It's the mecca of Ireland. Like it's one of the best gyms in Ireland. Um, and I'm looking forward to really kind of throwing myself into a, tw- a 12, 18 week kind of program in that spot. But like I, I've dipped my dipped my toes into several several things, like big into spinning back when I was a gym instructor back in the day. To be honest with you, I loved I loved the the environment more so than I did the actual like method, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I loved the music pumping. I loved the the energy in the room. I loved all. Yeah, busy classes ever that day as well. Big time, mate. Um, I did not ever do the not the push-ups on the bike. Oh, that was my pet peeve. <laughs> if a PT or a coach ever did a push-up on a bike, I always questioned it. I I, I never got I didn't get along well with many people I worked with because I questioned everything. I was like, "What are you doing? That's stupid." Um, it kind of it, I still have that a little bit of a try. <laughs> but uh <laughs> but like I, I like i did the boot camps and the trx i was uh one of the early adopters in ireland of uh, the trx training and that's how I, I basically put all my success today down to choosing to buy a trx like 10 trx excuse me instead of buying a car so buying a trx instead of buying a car that's how i basically got everything that i have today nice and yeah today <laughs> on the Dad podcast. <laughs> yeah, there we go. There we go. Where else would you want to be right now? <laughs> I've peaked too early. Yeah. <laughs> right, man. So we're almost pretty much, you know, wrapping it up. And um, I do like to ask all the uh, the guests that I get on to um, give us a, at least one embarrassing story. You know, if it's something you've maybe done as a kid or even better, if it was as a grown up, you know, just something where you maybe made a bit of a tit of yourself, made a bit of a fool I've, and anything right, you can think of. I have two. Right, I'm gonna go with oh, two. Yeah, go for it. Yes. I know. I know. I, I, know it. I told Let's you one, uh, one last. You got off air. Um, I'm gonna go with two. Okay. One, one of them's as a PT, and the other one's just as a, as a bloke. So Lovely. the one as a bloke is me back in the day, kind of uh, what, 19, 20 years of age, and we used to always go to nightclub on Halloween, on, not Halloween, New Year's Eve. So out we go, blah blah blah. Go for a disco dance. Uh, I never drank, so I just kind of went out kind of enjoy myself, and we'd always drive back to my mate's house. So back we go to Derek's house for there. He said with his girlfriend, I'm there with Todd. Um, and I, I basically used to bagsy um, or kind of his spare bedrooms. So like, right, that's my room. I always go to sleep there. Cool. So it's 3 a.m. 
to go back to the house, have a cup of tea, bit of toast, upstairs to bed, gone, out cold. So I'm sleeping in a single bed, right? I'm a small lad, but I have a lot, a lot of space to move. And all of a sudden, like, I'm trying to roll, and the blankets are kind of caught on me. I'm like, what the f-? Like, has it gone jammed down the side? Was there a door beside me? I was got, And I looked, and I, bear in mind, I got into bed on my own, okay? So I looked behind me after kind of a few failed attempts of pulling the blankets, and it's a bloke, about four years older than me, like stinking and gargle and fully clothed, thankfully. Um, and never met him before, but now he's, he's, he's out cold. I mean, like he's probably had a f- far too many fizzy drinks and he's out cold. And I am budding. Like I'm 18, 19, 20 years of age. I kind of just like, like being called, like back then, like being called gay is like the worst thing ever. It's like, oh, this is, this is the worst thing ever. Right, so up I get out onto out onto the land. I'm tra- I'm tracing around on the land, and Derek comes out like in his boxes, like kind of morning morning tires are hanging off, him. and he's like, "What the fuck's wrong with you?" He's like, "There's a fucking bloke in my bed." And he's like, "What do you mean there's a bloke in your bed?" <laughs> he's like, "There's a bloke in my bed." It's like, "Who would you bring to bed?" I didn't fucking bring anyone to bed. I went on my own. So he comes in, has a little look in the window. I was like, "Ah, that's Jono." So two of us start breaking our heart, laughing and things. So. Uh, the kind of to bring the story back around, it was his mate, it was his sister's mate that came back to the house, went to find the jacks, had a piss, and uh, just found the bed and fell asleep. And to the, I was only talking to Derek last week when I told him I was coming on this, and I, I was like, Here, Dan's gonna ask me an embarrassing story. He's like, Do you know which one he's gonna? Uh, I'm gonna tell him. He's like, What? He's like, uh, The Jono story. He's like, You're joking. I, oh, I remember <laughs> and just brought back all the memories, mate. But uh, that's that's my embarrassing story for yeah, that. I'm so mortified that mate. So mortified. <laughs> the second one, right? The second one is just this is something that if you don't know, don't say, right? Or if you don't know, don't ask. Uh, I say it's a bit of a, P, a bit of a tip to like any PTs or coaches out there as well. So I am a personal trainer, maybe 24 years of age, and it's Valentine's Day, right? We're there chatting away, like so. Now, you know yourself, like, and you'd ask all the women, like, "Oh, what are you doing? What what is he doing?" Right, this is where like kind of the assumption kind of comes from. What is he doing for you tonight? What is he doing? What is he getting you? Blah blah blah. So I've asked a few people in the gym, like kind of what the crack was, and then I get to this one woman, right? And I was like, Sarah, Sarah, what's he doing for yourself tonight? Now Sarah's only a new client; she's only with me maybe a week or two weeks. Yeah, uh, Sarah, what you what you doing? Uh, what is he doing for you tonight? Oh, uh, nothing. Like kind of really, really a bit kind of shy about, right? Uh, you, I don't know if you've done this yourself. And uh, I was like, ah. Go on, he must have done. He must be doing something for you, and like as blank face as like, and with, with a dry sense of humor, she goes, "Dean, I'm actually a widow, and I mean, I, I, I was this big, oh, like, I, I was this big in two seconds, and <laughs> oh man, it was it was probably the most embarrassing thing <laughs> as a coach that's ever happened to me. Like, really, really was. So yeah, a tip, a, a tip." For anyone who's a PT or a coach watching or listening to this, don't ask your clients about their spouse unless you know they're living. Yeah, and also don't make assumptions, like you said. Assumption. That, that was the first, the first thing. That's the killer. Yeah. yeah. What's the phrase? Assumptions make an ass out of you and me. There you go. That's the one. Oh, <laughs> never mind, mate. Never mind. Lesson learned, though, I suppose, eh? No, that, was, that, was, that was a funny yeah. one. What's actually? Here, come here, you. Hang on a minute. What's your embarrassing story? My embarrassing story? Right, uh, let me think. Um, 
you know, I've still I've never been asked this, right? Uh, let me think. Let me think, let me think. <laughs> and here we have an exclusive. I'm looking at yeah. No, she's not even paying attention. She's watching TV. Um, <laughs> right, that right, is one. Um, in the fire service, uh, as, as you know, I'm in the fire fire service. I've been in for like thirteen years now. And in my early days, it was like your first couple of years, first two or three years when you're what's, what was then referred to as a probation or they called an apprentice now. And, yeah. you know, you were, you know, it was sort of a, the unwritten rule, if you like. A lot of people don't like this, but I didn't give a shit. But like, you know, you make the bruise for everybody. Yeah. The rings, you go and answer it. All that's, you know, you just, you earn your place on the watch, if you like, you know. And yeah. I don't have an issue with that because just to go off track a bit, it's like if, you know, I get this from a lot of guys who run gyms. Maybe maybe you do this kind of thing yourself. But if you get somebody who comes doing what, you know, you might call an intern with you, they get all the crap jobs. 100%. You know, Last 100%. That's you work your way up the ladder. So anyway, so one of the first times in the first two or three years of me being in the job, the lads, we had a quiet, we're having a quiet shift. They decided to get ping pong table out. And they said, come on, we're going to play doubles. Do you want a game? And I was a bit like, am I allowed to? Is it a trick? You know, if I say, yeah, they're going to say, you lazy bastard and or whatever. But no, so we're, we're playing ping pong. We're having a bit of a laugh. And uh, this is going to end dead very short of this story. Um, playing ping pong, getting a bit excited. And I farted and shit myself. Oh. That was it. So there you go, man. I didn't tell anybody. Anyone who's listening <laughs> who was on the watch back then will know now. They're probably not listening now. Anyway. Most of them have retired. But uh, yeah, that was it, man. So I had to just go, oh yeah, I just need to... Uh, just need to nip off to the jacks. Yeah, just nip to the toilet a minute. And, you know, and I was like, as soon as I walked through the door, I was like, that's happened. I, just, I know it has, I know it has. So there you go. That yeah. was it. Obviously got a bit too excited. Pushed yeah, a bit too hard. Brilliant. And there you go. <laughs> that's a cracker. That's a cracker no story. Yeah. So there you go. There's probably more of a think about it, but that's that's the first one that's probably... Oh, that's pretty decent. Like, Exclusive. It's impossible for a story about shitting yourself not to be funny. It is. Farts yeah. are funny. Farts are funny and never, are funny. They will never not be funny. <laughs> 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 See, there you go. We're both laughing. Right, anyway. Love that. There we go. So, yeah, a little bit, going a little bit red from that. I don't know why. It's not something I've No, no, it's our mate. At least you don't have a blow kind of smell you. Well, there you go. Yeah. Who says that? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> Right, man. So before we uh, before we call it a day, where can people listening catch up with you, mate? On social media, wherever it is you uh, you put your stuff. Yeah, mate. Uh, best place for anyone kind of who's listening, watching to kind of kind of grab a hold of me is over on Instagram. I'm most active on Instagram. Uh, Lean with Dean underscore. Uh, it kills me that some geezer has Lean with Dean without the underscore. So if you are right. watching this, go ahead and report his page uh, because right. the underscore just kills me. It kills me. I bet it does, mate. It's just that tiny little thing in it. Ah, yeah, I can imagine, mate. I can imagine. So everything Dean else underscore, like Twitter, TikTok, you name it. Everything else is lean with Dean without anything else. Oh, but for in, Instagram, uh, for some reason. Let's get him sorted, guys. If you're listening, get on Instagram. Still, man. Find the page. I mean, no, let's not. Let's not kill the fella, but like. <laughs> yeah, never mind. Right, mate. <laughs> thank you very much for your time. Was. Really, really appreciate it. Uh, Cheers, those that, if you didn't catch at the uh, the beginning, this is actually the second time we did this because last time we started recording, then Zoom decided to stop recording, so we had to reschedule and do it all again. And we smashed it, but it worked out well. And you got you Bingo. got my story this time. Yeah, true, so, true. Right, guys, take it easy, and I'll uh, speak to you all soon.